Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could join me for this podcast, where my passion in life is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma, and hopefully construct genuine faith. Before we begin, let me just tell you a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the joy of teaching, speaking, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the United States. I'm also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books, and one of the greatest joys I've had in life is pastoral counseling, coaching, and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. I'm proud of all those things. But can I also tell you, I know what it's like to hurt and I know what it's like to suffer deep church trauma, specifically around sexual identity, as so many of you obviously have as well. So if that's something that you can buy into and you would like to partner with me as we try to help each other in this journey thing we call life, then you're in the right place. I encourage you to grab a cup of coffee, sit at my table, and let's have a chat. One disclaimer though, please. I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, let's get it started here on Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this edition of Bible Talks. I'm your host, Keith Brown, and I'm so glad you could join me today. And I look forward to diving into the written word of God with you. And today I want to look, if I may, from the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter, verses 20 through 26. John 17, 20 through 26. And today I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. I do not ask for these only, but this is Jesus speaking, by the way. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me, Father. I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know me, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love which 
with which you have loved me may also be in them and I in them. Now, these are beautiful words. This is a prayer that Jesus is offering, and it is also almost a commissioning of his disciples within this prayer. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of Scripture found in the 17th chapter of John. But as I read that and I reflect on it, there's one word that just keeps coming up over and over in it, and it's the word one, O-N-E, the word one. We see it repeated, this theme of oneness over and over within the scripture. So I do, as Keith often does, I wrote the word one, O-N-E, vertically on a piece of paper. And as I began to think and reflect and, and just ponder this scripture, <clears throat> excuse me, I began to try to develop three thoughts based on the word one. And here they are this morning. Okay, so let's begin with the obvious. Oneness Oneness is the heart of Jesus. That's what Jesus was praying for, for his disciples at that particular time and in their particular work. But he also says that everyone who would hear their message, which I say, dear friend, is you and me as well, <clears throat> that in that, <clears throat> Jesus cries in his prayer to the Father saying, please let them be one. And the Bible, excuse me, the dictionary says that oneness is basically forming a complete and pleasing whole. Now, Jesus knows that for the church to make an impact in our world, in the good, for us to be impacted positively by our experience in the church, then it needs to be a oneness. And the word I think we might use to talk about that is the word unity. Unity. We need to have a unified belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that belief is going to be a little different for some of us. We might think about things a little differently. We might have some different interpretations, which obviously we do. There, there wouldn't be as many denominations. But the key is that the oneness comes in our relationship with Jesus. That is the unifying part of all of this. Now, let me move quickly, if I may, to the N in the word one. The N, in my mind, means not uniformity. Not uniformity. And a lot of people get this false idea today that the church, to be one, to be unified, has to also be uniformed. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is in our distinctness in the individuality that we have and we possess and the gifts and the uh, the knowledge therein that we are blessed because it is all the pieces come together in a uniform fashion to make the whole, the perfect whole. Now, what would it be like if we were all the same? What a hurtful and harmful situation for the church's purpose in this world. And that is to share the love and ministry and help of Jesus. Wow. I can't help but think of the movie Star Wars. Now, let me tell you, I am not a science fiction guy at all. Not a science fiction guy. But I have seen Star Wars. Um, and I know, and, and here I'm going to show my ignorance, because I don't even know what they call they call the, them. But do you get, remember the, the soldiers in the Star Wars movies and the white helmets and the white uniforms? How... You, just massive numbers of these white soldiers in these these uh, 
these uniforms, these completely white uniforms uh, are, and armor and helmets and stuff. Again, I don't know what they called it. Some of you can put it in a comment or send me a direct message and tell me what they're called if you want. That's fine. Again, I'm not a Trekkie. I'm not a Star Wars fanatic. I don't even, you know, I'm not even into science fiction at all. But I do know that when I saw these movies and they appeared, they all looked exactly the, the same. Every single one of them. And I think there's a lot of people in the church today that believes that's the way the church needs to be. That every single person needs to look the same. Every single person needs to talk the same. Every single person in the church needs to think the same. And that is most often the way they who are desiring this think, because certainly they have all the answers and they know the proper way. But everybody's got to be the same. Cookie cutter Christian is how I think a lot of people want and desire the church to be today. And that's not at all what Jesus is asking for. Every one of his disciples were different. Their personalities were different. Their gifts were different. Their way to responding to Jesus was different. Look at Peter, the most, um, <laughs> you know, the most active, the most pas- pas- passionate, I think, of all the disciples at the time who's walking with Jesus, a, a guy that just did some off-the-cuff things that sometimes, you know, didn't sit right with Jesus, but he was, you know, it was his personality. It was who he was. And I personally connect with him because I can see that Jesus was very forgiving to Peter, even when Peter stepped in it. But Peter was also the one that jumped out of the boat and tried to walk to Jesus, the story says. Folks, don't try to be like every other Christian and don't expect every other Christian to be like you. Unity and uniformity, and I can't say this enough, so I'm going to say it again. Unity and uniformity are not the same thing. Jesus' heart is for unity in Christian love based on Jesus Christ. Uniformity is a false proposition. All right, what about the E in the word one? Well, I suggest Let's think about it this way. Oneness, according to this particular text and many like it in Scripture, Jesus says that oneness exemplifies, exemplifies, say it again for the people in the back, exemplifies our faith in Jesus. Unity exemplifies our faith in Jesus. And what is the key ingredient of that? Well, I think that Jesus is very clear in many of his commands in Scripture to love, love, love. Jesus says that they will know that you're my disciple because of your love. And when we are going about that, When we are loving God, loving others, and loving ourselves the way that Jesus commanded, then we will be exemplifying the heart desire of Jesus. So, how are we doing, dear church, universal church, with all its little nuances and differences? How are we doing with this idea of oneness? And how are we doing with this idea of love? Huh. 
I don't know about you, but as I drink this cup of coffee right here, that I'm not sure that's exactly what's happening. In fact, I'm going to venture to say it's not. The church is very divisive. The church is very stagnant in some areas. The church is very defiant in others. And we, dear friend, are the church. So let me leave you today with a final thought and an action. And it's not really an action as much as it is a question for you to ponder. And this is my question. Based on this teaching of Jesus here about oneness, sharing with his disciples, and commissioning them for their work. And his commissioning for us, by the way. This is my question. Is it more important for you to prove yourself right or prove yourself loving? Now, let me just ask that one more time to make sure that you understand the question. Ask yourself today, and maybe the next few days, this question. And think about it honestly. Is it, and let me put it in the first person because I need to do the same. Is it more important for me to prove myself right or prove myself loving? Is it more important for me to prove myself right or prove myself loving? The answer to that, my dear friend, speaks volumes to our heart and our relation to God, our dedication to Christ, and our love and passion for his church. May God bless you, and may God bless all of us. This is Keith. I'll see you next time here on the podcast. God bless you, my